0: We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio.
1: And I'm Megan Gomez.
0: This is Collateral Gaming.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to Collateral Gaming, the only gaming podcast that matters where we review good games, bad games, and everything in between. I am here today with Geo and Ash Chancellor, like we stated before, my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts, and today we're going to be talking about Twilight Princess. Um, I don't know about everybody else, I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but this is my favorite Zelda game and I have been like literally shaking in my boots waiting to talk about this one, so um, I know we've got a bunch of stuff to delve into today. Um, I know we've got another part coming up after this because, you know, we just can't stop talking about it. But um, I know we have some news. So whoever wants to go first, take it away.
2: Ah, uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to give you any flack at all. Twilight Princess is an absolutely beautiful game. Uh, but yeah, I'm really pumped to talk about it today. But in collateral gaming news to begin my little segment of it... <laughs> I'm super excited about the titles that are coming up. We've got some little tiny sneak peeks of Breath of the Wild 2. Really, really excited to get more information on that. Um, We haven't heard anything about Metroid Prime 4 or any DLC for Metroid Dread, which makes me sad. But Elden Ring is going to be coming out. Super pumped about that. Uh, Insomniac gave us a little taste of the second Spider-Man game. And they gave us a small little trailer for the Wolverine game, which is... I'm so pumped up about that. Um... And on a slightly sadder note, on my end, uh, Battlefield 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 2042 is actually one of the worst games of all time. It actually made a top ten list for one of the worst games of all time. And I can attest to this, because I've played a bunch of it, and I will never play again. It is absolutely putrid, and EA should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, Van, yeah.
1: Look at Anthem, so...
2: Yeah, no, Anthem, Anthem is kind of booty patootie, uh, but also, I know you guys know that I'm a massive Call of Duty fan, uh, and I'm going to be taking a break from Call of Duty for a little while, because uh, Call of Duty Vanguard has completely shattered everyone's expectations on the low end. It is really not a good game. They've basically removed all of the good qualities of a Call of Duty game and just kind of rushed to get something out because Activision, of course, as everybody knows, has been having some legal issues. Uh, Won't get into that for fear of, you know, legal issues and all that stuff. But we know Activision hasn't been having the smoothest time. And so Call of Duty Vanguard, it's two thumbs down from me right (laughs) now. And so I'm just going to be enjoying some Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is out now. The story is... Is sick. The map is open and big and beautiful, and I am loving it. The multiplayer is fluid and, quite honestly, some of the best Halo multiplayer I've ever experienced. Uh, if you haven't uh, gotten the chance to take a look at Halo Infinite, uh, go ahead and give it a peek. Uh, I, w- I spent the last week and a half with my girlfriend, and she and I actually started playing through the Halo games together. And it was an absolute... It is free on Game Pass, so if you're willing to, you know, shell out that 15 bucks a month for that hot new Microsoft and, comp- or yeah, just overall Xbox deals, have at it, because it's a great time. Ash, what about you? What you got?
0: I just rambled. Well, you're good, bro. Rambling is always encouraged on Collateral Gaming, but we got the Game Awards. <laughs> Let's talk about the Game Awards 2021. It takes two one game of the year. I haven't yeah. played it, so I can't tell you if it deserves it, but... Uh, some of the other nominees were Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Personally, I mean, I I, I think Dread deserved it. That's just my opinion. Uh, Resident Evil Village was good, not game of the year level. It just was one of the only. I like, was
1: gonna, I was gonna say, I was surprised that Village didn't get it because I mean, it was a really hyped up game, and everybody's still talking about it.
2: You're right, but at the same time, Resident Evil Village it was good, but it missed a lot of the elements that make a Resident Evil game. The a Re- uh, Resident Evil game, like it felt more like an adventure game more than survival horror. It had some, sp- it it had some really spooky moments, and it was beautiful in its game design, but it just didn't. It didn't really catch the eye of true Resident Evil fans. Uh, Metroid Dread, I'm I'm happy that it won Best Action Adventure Game, uh, but I I do I am kind of bummed out that it didn't get Overall Game of the Year. It Takes Two is fun. I've played it with a friend of mine, and we actually got all the way through it, and I enjoyed it. You know, it's just a puzzle game about uh, a married couple working through their issues to get out of a sticky situation because their daughter wished it, and some magic voodoo took place, and voila, their tiny little crocheted puppets that have to get through this together so i mean it's cool it's interesting i don't really think it's worth game of the year i will stick with metroid dread because at this point now i've beaten metroid dread 11 times and it's been out two months yeah it's good it's good it's really good
1: kind of makes sense on it makes two though because um i know that a lot of uh i am i'm on tiktok obviously um it's it's been very very talked about on tiktok and a lot of couples you know especially like during this you know God foreseen non ending quarantine um, and people just, you know, working from home more and stuff. People are wanting to have more of that gaming interaction together. And I've seen a lot of, um, actually, I've seen a couple therapists recommend this game for <laughs> married or struggling couples, because it's, you know, you do have to do everything together. Um, and it's, it's a good way to get out of your head and, you know, just to hang out and play some games together. So it, it makes sense. It's a very hyped game. It's very talked about. It's very popular in TikTok, um, And, you know, that's kind of the direction that things are heading right now. Yeah. I mean, it's super, super cool um i'm I'm a little disappointed as well that dread didn't get it i personally haven't played it yet but i mean it's a metroid game like we've been waiting so many years for this like why did we not get
2: it's a damn near perfectly executed metroid game yeah god so good
1: ash did you have anything else to add i have i have a couple things i want to talk about
0: well you know i guess just to kind of go over the the game awards a little bit uh player's choice was uh was halo infinite actually That was that was the player's voice. Yeah,
1: I think it's still in beta, though, right?
0: Yeah, so maybe that might be why it. Or is it
1: officially launched?
0: I couldn't tell you. Let's see.
1: No, it's still in beta. It is still in beta.
0: Yeah, so that's probably why it didn't make it in to the Game Awards because it wasn't even one of the nominees. Which means that they probably technically can't use it. But with the player's voice, I Mm -hmm. mean, they can write in whatever they want. So. That is probably why that happened. Yeah, Metroid
2: Dread won best action-adventure title. Um, I'm really pissed that Fortnite wasn't in there, though, because, like, man, that's a phenomenal title. Really?
1: What?
0: No. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: totally kidding.
0: You know, I heard the web-slinging of Spider-Man was actually pretty good. And people didn't expect that. I I uh, I got to play a Spider-Man in the new Marvel of Avengers game, and uh, a lot of people kind of complained that he doesn't he didn't control very well. I liked it. I mean, I went through the the uh, like tutorial segment as him, and I like how his moveset was actually very similar to the moveset from the PS4 game the insomniac spider-man game so i kind of enjoyed that and you do get to swing around but but yeah a lot of people are saying that the Fortnite version of spider-man actually web slinging was better than uh than in the avengers game so
2: (laughs) i'm not surprised you know epic is kind of god i can't believe like we went from Fortnite to spider-man to web slinging i'm just so happy now especially with the release of No Way Home. Just, oh my God. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Ash and I have seen this movie and it is probably one of the best movies I've ever, Don't ever seen.
0: spoil it.
2: Oh, I won't. We spo- won't. I won't spoil anything.
0: We have a spoiler-free review on Collateral Cinema that should be coming out soon. Uh, but no, speaking of superhero games, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we did a, a ga- I, I did a game launch review on that one uh, earlier last month. And that is actually... Uh, that is a phenomenal game. It won Best Narrative at the Game Awards. And I, I think it really deserves it. It, it truly felt like a. Uh, it, it felt inspired by the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of those characters in all the right ways. You know, it, it, it was. it's a really, really, really oh, fun good game. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. So, uh, what else? Uh, best Score in Music, Near Replicant, version 1.22474487139. Fuck off! What is this? Is this kingdom hearts like s- s- stop? I was about to say what is this? The sequence of pi? G- <laughs> no, it's not. It, it it it's not a sequence in pi. I I know I know it's not a sequence in pi because I know 314 digits of pi and 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 that's that's not that's not pi. That's I don't know what that is. Is that is that e? It's it's a mistake. That's what it is. I don't know. Fuck off. What is it with these fucking game titles I I love Japan I do but god damn it stop naming your games like this nobody fucking likes that okay I'm done <laughs>
2: and you don't have to be done keep going on your tangent we're fine here we're all dandy and fine
0: uh, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu won best performance
2: oh, I believe it I believe it she was phenomenal yeah yeah uh, she deserved
1: it that was a very very good um, voice acting and mocap
0: yeah, best action game was Returnal. Uh, the best RPG was Tales of Arise. Best fighting game was Guilty Gear Strive. Let's see. Forza Horizon 5 won Best Sports and Racing and also Best Audio Design.
1: I've heard that it's phenomenal. I have not played it yet, but I've thought I've really thought about it because a lot of people have been talking it up and the graphics are phenomenal. And I played 4 um, a little bit and I actually did quite enjoy it. Um, it's It's a very leisurely game for sure. Something to get your mind off
0: stuff. Yeah. Out of all the racing games, it is the most leisurely. I would say, you know. uh, Yeah. And and I and and that's fun. I want to do, I want to do a racing game at some point and get Robert in on it because he he's a car guy. Uh, Best indie game this year was Kena: Bridge of Spirits. So I've never even heard of that game.
1: Clearly, an indie game.
0: (laughs) I mean, this year wasn't like a great game for gaming. A great year for gaming, I'll say. Like we got Metroid Dread. But, you know, and we got a few other cool titles. Rift Apart, I heard, was really good. You know, one of the nominees. But, um, yeah, there's not not enough bangers, really. But maybe yeah. next year, we've got several games coming out. Uh, most anticipated game of the year was Elden Ring, which is coming out next year. Uh, nominees included God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden <laughs> West, both of which we are doing next season. Or, sorry, <laughs> this... Yeah. Or, yeah. Horizon year, Forbidden West this, this season... God of War next season, <laughs> yeah. depending on when it comes out, uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, which is definitely going to be talked about whenever that actually happens, and uh, Starfield.
2: Oh, Starfield, man. Oh, Starfield. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Starfield.
0: Speaking also of the Game Awards, I'll, I'll let you go in a minute here, Megan, but we also had some announcements. Uh, were y'all impressed by any of the announcements at the Game Awards? Any games that you're looking forward to in particular?
2: Not really. I was kinda I was kinda disappointed, honestly. Yeah. But it's just you know, it's just another thing. There's not much activity going on, but I think twenty twenty two is going to be a really good year for games. We just haven't gotten all of the pieces of the puzzle yet, and I think companies are doing that specifically to keep the surprises in store. And you know
0: oh, God. We, we did get announcements for Hellblade two. S- i'm very
1: very excited for that yeah that's uh my brother's played that one a lot he was on uh, one of our episodes um agony um and that's one of his favorite favorite games uh he that's one of his top five and i'm very very excited to play it for the podcast um and the the sequel has been hyped up for a super long time so i'm very very pumped for that one
0: yeah we're doing that this season uh the first game and so we'll definitely talk about the second game when it comes out uh, suicide squad killed the justice league we got a trailer for that uh, more gameplay in oh, Horizon Forbidden West. There is one West. that I'm excited
1: for, and I totally forgot about it.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Uh, Star Wars Eclipse.
0: Star Wars Eclipse. I remember. Yeah, that. And then that's that's from Quantic Dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Also, Alan Wake Two. And Alan Wake Two. Fuck yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think he will wake up though? I don't <laughs> know. We don't know yet. <laughs> A Wonder Woman game coming out too Uh uh-huh that should be interesting Ooh, i wonder what that's gonna be like coming
1: out next year but it's just it seems like a lot of stuff is just being pushed to 2022 just with the way the covid's been and everybody working from home and not really knowing where the direction of things are going i mean it's it's a it's still we're still in a lot of uncertainty so it's kind of hard to just be like yeah you know like this is just going to keep going this way um there's also um I, I don't know if you wanted me to start, Ash, on mine, because I have, like, so much that I want to talk about that I'm, like, freaking out. But I have, like, Game Award stuff, so.
0: No, yeah, go for it. The only thing I want to mention, uh, Matrix Awakens. yeah, Open world ma- Matrix game. And that's fun, because we just did the Animatrix with victims and villains on Collateral Cinema, and that was a lot of fun to talk about. So, uh, that, I'm, I'm looking forward to a Matrix game. That, that sounds, an open world one especially, that sounds fun.
2: Are you taking the red pill or the blue pill?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm super excited for the um, the Matrix game. Um, I did see. Um, we were at uh, my company Christmas party uh, night before last, and uh, one of our buddies is talking about it. and The engine for that is insane. I mean, everything's being done, and it's rendering in real time. It looks phenomenal. Um, everything as far as destroying, and you you can literally like mess with everything, and it reacts to the way that you're doing it. Like buildings, if they're destroyed they all react differently depending on, you know, like they're all going to crumble in a certain way. It's just crazy. It's so cool. Um, also, of course, you know, I'm excited for um, Horizon just a little bit. <clears throat> Forbidden West.
2: I <laughs> mean a lot of it?
1: Yeah, a lot of it. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but I did hear that we're getting a Star Trek game. I, I'm still kind of iffy on that. Um, also, something that's uh, super, super big for me, um, I watched my brother play this one. I haven't played it myself yet personally. There is a cloud version, however, on the um, uh, Switch, and it's a Plague Tale. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's getting a, um, I, I think it's a, a sequel. I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel. I would assume it's a sequel, uh, but I know that that's going to be following up to this game that we have already have. Um, and then other than that, I know that there's been more talk about the Steam Deck. Um, I, I don't know too much about it personally, but for me, I just it looks like a knockoff Switch. I'm sorry Steam, but I mean, the Switch <laughs> is kind of superior for a reason, guys. Like, there's a reason
0: why... I- well, I don't know. If it can actually play the entire library of Steam games, that's that, that that's might have some selling points there.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be kind of insane if it's a really, really well-working console, because while the Switch is wonderful, it's got a lot of issues. You know, and the OLED model really just improved the quality of portable gameplay. It didn't actually improve the graphics at all. It just kind of brightened the screen. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I, I wish we would have gotten a real Switch Pro, but I'm still going to get the OLED model because, you know, I, I'm in the market for a Switch. But, but yeah. Uh, oh, we also got uh, uh, trailers for the Halo TV series and for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. Sonic 2 looks good. I, I definitely want to talk about that when that comes out.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting now that they're, you know, including all of these, uh, you know, like, for example, um, I have not seen it yet. We're supposed to start watching it tonight, which um, Witcher season two. You know, that's it's based more off of the book series, but, you know, there is um, a game series as well. Um, you know, we're getting that. Um, we got, of course, back in the day, the Final Fantasy movie. So it's interesting that we're seeing a lot of this stuff kind of come more to fruition. And we're getting to see more of that involvement between the world of cinema and the world of gaming. Um, and, and there's more clash there. Cause I mean, there's so much that you can go off of. You can create an or build up to a new game. I mean, there's lots of potential there. Um, like people are asking if there's going to be like remasters or something redone with, um, Geralt's character because of the witcher. And I'm like, Whoa, like I didn't think that there would be this much reception, you know, for the show, but it's now, you know, one of the most, most watched shows in the world. So that's super exciting. Um, also, um, I wanted to run off of Zach's point from earlier. So I personally am not playing COD as well. Um, I had an experience where still over a year ago, I went to go pick up and play it again because, you know, I hadn't been playing for a while. I was playing storyline games with Alan. You know, we were just kind of hanging out, doing our thing. Um, and I started up the game, level one, got put into a maxed out lobby, got riggedy wrecked. Um, I was not <laughs> happy. It was so bad because it was like there was nobody that was my level. I was getting used to the controls because the last one I'd played was Black Ops 4. So, you know, I hadn't played in a hot minute. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, okay, well, you know, I've got this Xbox. We've got a new place to play. And it, it was terrible. Um, and Alan has a Xbox One. Um, he's been kind of debating on whether he's going to build a PC or um, get the newest Xbox. Let me know what you guys he think. He
2: should build a PC. Absolutely because Megan if he builds a PC he can pl- I'm I'm getting off point but if he builds a PC he can play any Xbox game he wants but he can also play other stuff
1: Yeah um but yeah his his Xbox isn't that old and this new Map for Warzone is just completely obliterating his Xbox, and I'm like, okay, it's not that old, it's kept clean. He doesn't have a bunch of crazy shit on it. Like, why is it doing
0: this?
2: They made the new map specifically for next gen and PC. A
0: lot of games suffer from that right now. You know, or, or game yeah. content is that you know you can tell it was made for next gen con, or I guess we should say current gen consoles. You know, but it runs on on old you know, the previous generation hardware, but that's it, you know,
2: <laughs> not really well. No, it doesn't.
1: With last year being such a difficult year and, you know, a lot of people are making the jump to PC or they're not entirely sure. I, I know I'm still kind of skeptical of the newer consoles just because I've heard horror stories about both of them. So I'm still a little scared to invest um, and, you know, lose all of the stuff that I have on my consoles currently, you know, you can always back them up to the cloud, but that's not always, not always a guarantee. Um, and I play consoles literally until they die. like my p s three, I played it until this graphics card was fried. Um, so I, I think we're both just a little bit disappointed because, you know, they promised us, hey, you know, we know with Covid, things have been difficult, which for us, it's been crazy insane. Um, you know we're not we're not quite ready to you know make that kind of investment especially if we're going to be moving out of the apartment we don't want to break another console you know if we get one of these you know the xbox or playstation broken you know we can we can find a way to replace that but you know these other ones are so hard to get a hold of it's like i don't want to have to set a whole new thing up and try and re- retrieve everything it's just i'm very disappointed in it and i just don't feel like i'll be picking up card for a while as well um it's just very very annoying to me i don't i don't know if you guys are experiencing any of that but i, I it's only call of duty right now every Everything else seems to be won- wonderfully um, rendering, and everything like
2: it's just disheartening. You would think that they would put more effort and, you know, time into making sure that all of this stuff works properly, especially with COVID going on. A lot of people are still super skeptical and don't want to go outside or do anything, and so this kind of stuff is a saving grace. But you know, that's it's neither here nor there. There's not really much we can do about it. We can just kind of talk shit about it, and so. <laughs> But dude, we are talking Twilight Princess today. This is a huge title that rocked the shelves in 2006, and Nintendo absolutely knocked it out of the ballpark, except for the intro sequence that takes nine years. <laughs>
1: I will say, though, that I feel like this is the only, I mean, I'm Breath of the Wild's pretty good. I'm, I finally got through the introduction sequence. I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Um... I, oh. I will say that this is the most intense tutorial that you get in a Zelda game, where it all makes sense. It's not. It's it's for like I've said before in a lot of our Zelda reviews, Twilight Princess is the is the tw- like Zelda game for beginner
0: Zelda players. Absolutely, it is a good first Zelda game. You're right. Exactly, because you know with. Ocarina of Time, I would say that's a good one, but there's a little bit of a gap there with people that are used to more modern games. And so they they may not be as invested in a game that feels you know just a little dated because the hardware wasn't caught up. Twilight Princess is a natural evolution of Ocarina of Time, and and it does feel more like a modern game. So I would agree with you there. It is a really good starting Zelda game. Not to mention, you know, the, the, the beginning segment of the game is very slow. I mean, let me tell you, we're watching uh, right here in the background. Bo's got on the... Uh, the uh, a playthrough of the game the beginning of this game is incredibly slow but it does give you a good tutorial of all of the uh you know mechanics and whatnot and, and gets you you know it invested in the game i remember when i played it for the first time i didn't mind so i mean i never really minded it's just
2: the intro sequence to this game feels like your mom holding your hand in walmart because she doesn't want you to get lost that's what that's what the intro sequence of Twilight Princess is. But then get you get wrong.
0: kidnapped by a group of thugs as soon as you walk out of the Walmart, and you're left <laughs> on your own because that is what happens with Twilight Princess. It when it picks up, it picks up. You know, you 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 you're in wolf form, which is of course this Zelda game's gimmick, and you're in the twi- Twilight realm. You know, you meet Midna, and you know you you oh, have no you. idea where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
2: man said, "You, it's just you, you get picked up by a group of thugs as soon as you leave Walmart." That was classic. That killed <laughs> me, dude. I was not ready for that, man. I'm pretty sure I woke up my cousin just now.
1: <laughs> um. Also, may I just add that even Breath of the Wild doesn't have a sequence where you can pick up a dog or hold a dog or cat, and like you don't see a lot of expression on Link's face a lot. But he smiles when he holds the dogs and cats, and that's just that little tiny little detail that I just... It's so
2: cute. It's so cute. Also, there's like this one little side quest at the beginning of the game where you have to help a cat get back to its owner by catching a fish. It's so cute. Yeah. Now, I, I don't like the fact that you have to herd goats multiple times. I've never been a fan of that. I mean, you get a heart piece for it, but I still, you know, it's just not... And eh. you have
0: to do it twice, just in the intro of the game. That kind of kills it for me. I, that was actually the last piece of heart I collected in this game. Uh, was, was really? Was, yeah. Whenever I did my most recent playthrough, anyway.
2: That's the first one I get usually.
1: Personally, as well. Um, I think this is a game that holds up so well over time. Like even now in 2021, like these graphics are pretty dang good for a game from 06.
2: That, yeah. and it does have a very good build up to the very first dungeon. Like, you get, you fully understand how to play this game and how to get comfortable with it before it throws you into the first really challenging thing of the game. Because honestly, Twilight Princess is one of the few games that has a really challenging first dungeon. I love the Forest Temple,
0: man. I love it a lot. You know, out of first dungeons, as far as first dungeons go, it's actually a pretty good one. You know, a lot of times in Zelda games, you know, you feel like the first dungeon isn't isn't necessarily the most exciting. You know, inside the Deku Tree, eh? Uh, I will say Dragon Roost Cavern is very good. That's probably my favorite yeah. first dungeon of the series. But Forest Temple comes it, it, is really nice. It has a gimmick. You know, and a lot of first dungeons don't. They're just kind of introducing you to the the mechanics of temples. And, and you know, and this one does have a gimmick with rescuing all the monkeys. Uh, and that, that whole, like, section of the game where, you know, the monkeys can, can uh, swing you across the tightrope is actually kind of fun.
1: <laughs> that one's cute. You know which one freaks me out, though, is the scene where you're like, I don't even remember where you are, but um, you're sitting there. And uh, he has, like, the dream where his eyes turn white.
0: Oh God, you're talking about that part. You know that part of the game definitely feels like almost horror esque. It, it is actually really, really, really cool. It, it it seems so like twisted and freaky. I love it.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: There's a lot you of
1: you dark. Our game is 15 years old this year.
2: I can. You know, I honestly, it's actually I should say I can't. Sorry, that's completely opposite. But I used to wake up. Early when it came when I got it I was in um, seventh grade I think and when I when I got that game. I woke up early in the mornings before school. I would get up at like 4.45 so that I could play for two hours before I had to go to school. Like that game was so spectacular to me. And I first played it on the on the GameCube. Or no, my first playthrough was on the Wii. So it was... And the what really cool thing is uh, there's two versions of the game that... Well, there's three now. But the first two versions of the game were the GameCube and the Wii version, which are mirrors of each other. And I didn't know that. So my first playthrough was on the Wii. And so Link was right-handed... And the entire world of Hyrule was flipped to the right. And so I was just like, this is such a beautiful game. But when I played it on the GameCube, it felt like a completely new experience. I loved it. And so I put so much time and passion into this game. You know, the first time I played through the game, I was playing and I got to the city in the sky... And I was saving it and in the middle of saving it, the thunderstorm that was happening knocked the power out and I lost the entire save file. Had to start over from the very beginning.
1: No. Aww. Yeah, it was
2: heartbreaking. But I love I love Twilight Princess, man. It's a very, very nostalgic title for me. It's not my favorite Zelda title, but it's definitely up there. It's in my top three for sure.
0: Yeah, for me as well. You know, and actually this was the very first Zelda game that I anticipated that I got on, you know, the day that it released and I didn't have a Wii. I played this on GameCube, so I had to wait a few days later for the, the GameCube version to come out. And a lot of gamers will say now that the GameCube version is kind of the superior version. I think that they're both just different versions of the game. The whole the the the, the fact that they mirrored the entire thing so that, you know, the majority of players who are right handed could feel, you know, at ease with the Wii Remote was I, I guess a good idea. Instead of having to redo all of Link's animations, they just flipped the entire game around. But the game was a very quick port to the Wii. It didn't really make uh, take advantage of many of the, uh, the motion features, which Skyward Sword went on to do and really expand on it. Because, you know, this game was developed as a GameCube game. And so what they did is they just implemented, OK, shake the remote and it'll do the same thing as pressing a button does. The pointer controls, though, are nice. I do like that. I will say that the Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U is definitely the definitive version of the game. It's if you're gonna go get a version of this game, go get that one. It's not, I mean, as far as remakes go, it's or remasters go, it's it's kind of um, lacking, I guess. It it didn't really go as far as it could, like they did with Wind Waker HD. But it definitely is the best version of the game that's available (laughs) because you've got Mm -hmm. you know the gyroscope controls and button controls you can equip. Um, more items at a time than you could on the GameCube version, at least. Uh, and it also has both versions of the game. If you put on hero mode, it flips the map like it does in the Wii version of Twilight Princess.
2: So. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, actually. I thought that that was a really cool addition that they put in the game. Um, you're absolutely right. The Wii U version is the absolutely absolute definitive version of the game. It took something beautiful and just made it even more spectacular. And... I When I got that, uh, I actually didn't get Twilight Princess HD until my sophomore year of college. Or no, my junior year of college. And I hadn't played Twilight Princess in like six years at that point. And so, dude, I played through that like three times. It was so much fun. And my favorite dungeon in the game... I'm sure we'll get to it because I know we're going to kind of go from the beginning and move on. But my favorite dungeon in the game is Snow Peak Ruins. And when I got there, I was just... I teared up. I got got really emotional because, like, dude, this is so beautiful and... Zelda is where I started my journey with video games like I went from having a Game Boy Color to now having my own built PC and it's just I it's 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 a really really long uh road to walk down and I know video games in the grand scheme of things they're important and they're beautiful but unless you make a living doing them and playing them and talking about them they really don't benefit you except to kind of Expand upon your imagination. But every time I play a Zelda game, it just takes me back to when I was a little kid. And I'm 25. I just turned 25, and so I'm starting to, you know, con- like get ahead on my career and, you know, just grow up and become more of an adult. But every time I play a Zelda game, it just takes me back to when I was little. And Twilight Princess HD just... Totally took me for a loop. It's, it's things like Spider-Man, No Way Home, and, you know, Metroid Dread, and The Legend of Zelda. It's just all of these things just activate my inner kid because while there are new stories that come out, you're left with that feeling of nostalgia that really carries you through it, and it just makes it that much more special because you're not experiencing it for the first time. You might be learning the story and the gameplay for the first time, but that feeling that you got... The first time you ever played it, it never goes away. And that's why Twilight Princess is, has such a strong place in my heart, because I loved that game and it was beautiful. And it, it's honestly, while I'm not a super huge fan of the art style, it looks kind of dark and ugly sometimes, the gameplay and the story is phenomenal. It is just it's almost unmatched honestly. It's a very very long game and I love long Zelda games because it just it never stops. The fun never stops. You never stop learning. I'm going to get off my soapbox because I feel like I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here. <laughs> oh, but kinda, Zelda kind of Zelda kind of makes me feel some type of way. So, back to you. <laughs>
1: Like, I've, I've, I haven't i i have have played a lot of Breath of the Wild, but there's just something about Twilight Princess that sets itself apart from all the other Zelda games that I just, I can't find in another Zelda game. Like, I do, I'm loving Breath of the Wild as I slowly play it and I slowly pick it up. You know, I try not to play too much at a time just because I've got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, so gaming hasn't really been a top priority, but, you know, Twilight Princess for me is just, it's such a beautiful game and it's, it's one of those, like you said, Zach, that brings back nostalgia, but... It's it's its own category. Um, there's lots of beautiful elements to it. It's a it's a it's a beautifully disastrous game, which is not something I really really expected out of
0: Nintendo. I
2: like that description a lot. I really do. Beautifully disastrous.
0: It really is though. Yeah, I I'm gonna go ahead and say I do like the animation style, although it it does date itself now when you compare it to more modern games. Something that The Wind Waker actually excels at was that it's it's uh, art style, you know, kind of makes it timeless. But I do enjoy it. And and I like that they finally did a Zelda game where they went for the realistic style because we haven't really gotten a Zelda game you know like that before or really since uh, other games like mm-hmm. uh, Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild kind of are tr- trying to find middle ground between realistic and that you know cartoon cell shading. Uh, but Twilight Princess really kind of fully embraced that, and that's something that wasn't as popular in Japan. It was a very, it's a very Western idea, and so Twilight Princess is a game that kind of really caters to the Western audience. And it is dark, you know. It it does feel a little bit like Majora's Mask in that sense, uh, both the storyline and you know just the actual colors of the game, you know, kind of give off this this. You know, dark feeling. The other thing I like is that you know you also get to see a lot of the ruins of the Ocarina of Time world, and that's something that they focus on. For instance, the sacred grove in the game is is thought to be uh, you know where Hyrule Castle originally was because you know you have the Temple of Time there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it just shows how much you know time has passed and how much because everybody knows that the hero Shade is Link from Ocarina of Time. Everybody knows that.
0: Yeah, that's the link from Ocarina and Majora. (laughs) And that was actually confirmed by uh, uh, Hyrule Historia.
2: It's, oh God, and it just, it kind of blows my mind to think about just how much Hyrule has changed because there are generational gaps between these games. And that's what's always blown my mind is that they can take a simple, beautiful, and elegant story and create it over generations upon generations upon generations. I have always loved that. And they make it make sense. They, except for a Triforce Heroes. We don't talk about that. But, I mean, you know, it's 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 whatever.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And Twilight Princess actually takes place concurrently with Wind Waker. Uh, it is the child timeline version, whereas Wind Waker is in the adult timeline. So you can kind of see them as taking place around the same time period in alternate timelines. So this is the world where Hyrule didn't flood. Where, you know, uh, in fact, Zaganon never took over. Because Link went back in time and prevented him from doing so. And that's not just something they cobbled together at the last minute whenever they mailed the Zelda timeline. This was actually known for years. Whenever Twilight Princess came out, we were aware of its timeline placement, at least in regards to Ocarina. But I do like how we finally get to see a world and we get to see Hyrule hundreds of years later, but not a sea, but, you know, actual Hyrule. I think that was that was really important to give players an opportunity, you know, to play Hyrule. And it definitely is a much bigger map. I I, I believe that... uh, Funny enough the the surface area of Hyrule in Twilight Princess is is equivalent to the Great Plateau in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but at the time it was a huge 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 uh, upgrade from Ocarina. I mean cuz before that we had Wind Waker which took place on the sea. Um so really this is the next this was the 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 biggest world at the time that we that we had seen in a Zelda game and I was going
1: to say it's still pretty spacious for a for a map though especially considering the age of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The oh, game definitely absolutely. is a lot bigger than Ocarina was. And it includes all of the key areas. You know, we've got the you know, Hyrule Field, which is divided into multiple segments. We've got Hyrule Castle Town. We have, you know, the forest area, in this case, which is the Farron Woods. We've got mm-hmm. Lake Hylia, Zora's Domain, the Gerudo Desert, uh, and then also some new locations like the Snow Peak Ruins and you know the twi- My favorite. Yeah, the Twilight Realm and the city in the sky, and I love how the Twilight Realm, you know, envelops Hyrule, and so when when you get to explore Hyrule through the lens of the Twilight, it's honestly really beautiful and and serene, you know?
2: Absolutely, and honestly, we've come so far in the realm of video games, like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure uh, Oracle of Ages, I know this is kind of off topic, but Oracle of Ages was like... 10, 15 megabytes worth of gameplay, and, you know, Breath of the Wild is like 30 gigs. <laughs> I love just how much bigger and how much more open and adventurous Nintendo has gotten with um, with their game development. And Twilight Princess was... Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess were kind of like a gateway into that. And it's, it's kind of amazing how far they've come because they can do small things... And make them so big.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Guys, not to cut in here, but I am about to send uh, you guys a meme really quick. And I know the people listening will appreciate this because everybody loves memes.
0: Oh my my God, let's see it. (laughs) Yes, yes, I saw that one. Um, the dungeons in this game, can we talk about that for a second? Because I, I, there are quite a few dungeons that I really enjoy in Prince. Tw- so They're among my favorite in the series. I mean, we've got the Goron Mines, the Temple of Time, what else? The Snow Peak Ruins. Those are all... Snow Peak Ruins, girl. They're yeah. masterfully
2: done, man. They are just eloquent. They're consistently good. There's two pieces of heart in every single dungeon, so not just completing the dungeon is your goal you kind of want to search everywhere and figure out where stuff is um and i like how this game does five pieces of heart per heart container because it just adds to the exploration and discovery but the dungeons themselves expand so much upon what zelda is best at doing and that's creating a sense of adventure for the player i mean the first time you step into the forest temple you're like oh man here we go. This is going to be a ride and it definitely is. And they don't hold your hand. Once once you get to the forest temple, the game genuinely stops holding your hand and they're like, "Okay, have fun. You're about to you're about to figure some shit out. I promise you that."
1: And with the way the games are nowadays, I think a lot of people forget how how simple things can be to create such a good game because you don't need a lot of complexity to create a really good game. You need a solid plot, some good graphics and some good dialogue. Um, and I think that this game excels in all three of those points um and it's like like everybody said you know and and realistically this is the shortest of the Zelda games um but it it's still it's it has eloquence in its simplicity which I just for me is is all I need I don't need a super long crazy ass game to make me happy I just need something like this
0: yeah it I did get through it very very fairly quickly but I don't know if I would say it's it's the shortest I mean it's got quite a few dungeons what we've got. Forest Temple, Goron Mines, Lakebed Temple, Arbiter's Grounds, Temple of Time, City in the Sky, uh oh, I forgot Snowpeak yeah. Ruins, Palace of Twilight, and Hyrule Castle. That's 9. That's 9 dungeons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somebody timed it I guess against like other Zelda games and like average gameplay on this one is shorter than a lot of the other Zelda games.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Um I also like how the dungeons in this game kind of follow the traditional formula of like splitting your quests up. Like the first three dungeons, uh, you're looking for uh, what are they? The Twilight shards of the mask for Midna, the few and then shadows. the last the the fused shadows, yeah. And then dungeons four through eight, or no, dungeons four through seven, you're looking for the mirror shards, and then you go through the Palace of Twilight, which. Uh, That's basically to fully grace your Master Sword and so you can face off against Zant. And then Hyrule Castle, you're going through this beautifully done rendition of Hyrule Castle to face off against Ganondorf. And it is phenomenally spaced out. The pacing of this game is amazing. Aside from the the opening intro sequence, because oh my god, it makes me want to scream every single time. After that, the game is beautifully paced and the dungeon's are wonderful about that. I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of, you know, being Wolf Link and collecting the tears, but I've really enjoyed that, you know, it kind of allowed you to explore and learn the nooks and crannies of every different area of the game, as well as give you like a visual understanding and knowledge of how the map works. I really enjoyed that, and it just made getting to the dungeons so much more satisfying, and then the dungeons themselves didn't disappoint. They were all magnificently done. I remember as a kid getting to the Goron Mines, and I was just shook. I was like, oh boy, I'm about to have a blast with these Iron Boots. And you get the bow, which is my... Go ahead. You get the <laughs> no, sorry. It's like you get the bow, and that's my favorite Zelda item. Like always, I love the bow. The bow is so much fun to use in any Zelda game.
0: You get the bow pretty early on. I mean, that's the second dungeon. But I love the new inventive use of the iron boots in the Gorod mines, allowing it to magnetize to surfaces. Uh, the mini boss battle that you fight and, and, and the Gorod mines is really fun.
1: For me, that's the longest sequence of the game. Cause God, all you hear, cause the music is quieter, is just kating, kating, <laughs> kating, kating, while you're walking along the fucking yep. ceiling, and that is the law, cause he walks so much slower. So you're just sitting there for 20 minutes walking across the fucking ceiling, going kating, kating, and I'm like, fuck.
0: I want to say they fixed that in the HD version, and they at least they make him go faster on the vines. I know that much. Uh, they also reduce the amount of tears of light needed in the Wolf Link segments, which is is actually a good addition. You know, it kind of makes those segments not drag on as much. But, yeah, I, the, the the fact that you had to use the Iron Booth so much in the Goron Mines does make it uh, a long temple, but it is a fun temple. You know, I, I really enjoyed that one. Lakebed Temple is, eh, I mean, it's another water dungeon, but I I, I think I like it a, a little bit better than Water Temple. So,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, they kind of they introduce puzzles that don't just uh Use utilize the water levels but it's a combination of water levels and uh, water flow so so kind of a combination of what we did of what you do with the water temple in Ocarina and the Great Bay Temple in Majora's Mask so uh, for a water dungeon it's actually pretty good um, yeah, British Grounds did- is another great one go ahead
2: I never understood the hate on the Lakebed Temple. I really, really enjoy that dungeon a lot. It's really well done and really beautiful. Honestly, I like getting to it. Um, and you get the first claw shot exactly. I just don't understand the hate that that dungeon gets. Like, I get it. People are sad because the Water Temple in Ocarina of Time is hard. Man, man, man. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend Water anybody temples anybody. are
0: always hard. Welcome to Zelda games.
2: <laughs> yes, they are. Water
0: temples are always there's always a kind of a a tedium to them you know it, it that is common and, and uh and also water temples are generally hard to navigate for some reason i don't that one is, is kind of hard to figure out but for some reason that's a trend <laughs> yeah the the lake bed temples all right i mean you get the you get to use water bombs which is fun that's actually kind of cool i like the water bombs although the game gives yeah, you so fucking fun. many
1: yeah that's true it's like hey i don't think you have enough water bombs here's more what
0: like I wouldn't have opened this chest if I knew what was inside of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What What, what are you guys? What, what are your guys' favorite dungeons in this one? Snow Peak uh,
2: Ruins. Yeah, Megan, I'm with Megan on that one. Snow Peak Ruins. I love three for three. I love, there's love... a
1: little love story attached to it. Like, come
2: on. That and I love how she's trying to guide you, or he's trying to guide you to. No, it's her. She, she's trying to guide you to the mirror pieces, but instead, she's leading you to ingredients so that her husband can make fucking soup. <laughs> it's so cute, but the as- the aesthetic of the dungeon is creepy yet beautiful because you're going through literally these snow-capped ruins and the mini boss in the game is like this giant uh soldier that you have to fight using or avoiding him so you can get his ball and chain and it's in this super narrow corridor which makes you nervous but also it's awesome because the music this is another thing. The music in Twilight Princess is it's not unmatched because Skyward Sword is incredible, but I love the mini boss theme in this game. And it's just so intense and draws you
0: in. I like Midness Midna's theme.
1: Also, um that slap and track Mallomart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bow, 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 bow,
2: bow. <laughs> I would literally just sit in there and listen to it. I was in college,
1: I used a lot of this soundtrack um to study with because it's it's very like i, I I've explained this a lot before in, in many, many episodes. But I really like using soundtracks, especially to games like this that are harrowing and, you know, have a, have an interesting um composure to them. Um so i I used a midness theme, um the snowpeak ruins cause it's just fun. And, um, Zant's theme too was just, oh, it's, it's, it's creepy. So like whenever I was sitting up at three, I'm trying to write a fucking essay. I just sit there and listen to all the, like the Ganondorf and Zant music. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Y'all remember when the Nintendo eShop had the Malomart theme?
1: (laughs) Yes. And I loved it.
0: Dude. I wish
2: that it kept it because that Malomart theme is so iconic I mean, of course, it's like, you know, it's your normal shop theme, but they make it this cute, zany little bop that there's literally a 10-hour loop of it on YouTube. Malo
1: for Twilight Princess is like the cantina theme for Star Wars.
2: Yep. Yeah. Bow. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, my Mello God. Malo is just yeah. such a great character. <laughs> he's like this giant, he's like this arrogant genius baby that opens a shop <laughs> in
0: and he's so sardonic and sarcastic. It's great.
2: Oh, dude. Dude Mallow Mallow doesn't give a shit dude. He's just Mallow doesn't give a shit. He's vibing the entire game. He's like, "Wow, you saved us.
0: What a chad." That,
2: I lo- what did you guys think about the hawkeye?
0: I liked it. The Hawkeye is a cool item. I wish I could have used it more. Like, if you didn't have to equip it in the item screen, it would have been better. I wish they would have done what they did in, uh, in Wind Waker. They they did, they did the bow and arrows perfectly in that game. You could switch between them while you were using the bow. So if, if they had added that ability with bomb arrows and with the Hawkeye, I think I would have used them more. But yeah, the Hawkeye is cool. But in order to get it, you have to already demonstrate that you're really good with the bow and can shoot things really far off. So it's kind of like, you know. Yeah. Thanks for giving me this thing that I've now proven I don't need, but okay. It is fun to snipe enemies though. I mean, it, it, it comes in, uh, into use whenever you do the hidden village. Oh my God, the hidden village track.
1: That one's really pretty.
0: It's so cool. You know, that moment is so epic. He's like, one piece of advice for you. Shoot them all before they see you. <laughs> okay. And then, and then you just do this showdown and in it, and it. it The hidden village, by the way, is the old Kakeriko village from Ocarina of Time? It's The original Kakeriko, apparently. With, yeah, with the new one being a you know a, a, a different village, but that yeah, it is so it is so cool. You know, you just kind of get this wild west vibe. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I do agree about the snowpack ruins. Snowpeak ruins. I, I wanted to mention that. Um, the thing I love about that gate, about that dungeon, is that you don't even realize it's a dungeon at first. You walk in, and you just think you're running. You get coming into this Yeti's house. You know, I just I just snowboarded down on a le- frozen leaf. We had a little, we had a little snowboard race, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, check out this guy's house, and then you're like, you get a dungeon map, and you're like, oh, this is a dungeon, oh, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> and and, and Blazetta is also one of the coolest bosses in the series. I really enjoy that boss battle quite a bit, especially the the music. I mean, all the bosses use the same theme, I believe, but they use different variations of that, you know
2: yeah they do i I love using the reflection of the ice to see where she's gonna come down i I really I really enjoy that a lot i she scared me the first time I did that boss honestly sorry I pulled away from the mic a little bit there so it might have been a teensy bit quiet that was my bad but like when she turns around and she's like "No this is my mirror my precious and she just says no and you have to fight her. And then at the end, kind of freaks
1: out. It's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, but then at the end, but it's end, a good way to build up to it. Once she's like cured of the the malice that's inside the mirror shard, her husband like coddles her, and they their love produces the heart container that you get. And I love that so much.
0: Yes, it's amazing. And uh, and also, let's see, the Arbiter's grounds was the first dungeon that you get to use, but utilize both uh, human link and wolf link, and it's the dungeon that most best utilizes both forms. I love how the first part of it is kind of a, a redux of the Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time, you know, where you find the four Poe sisters and then the rest of it is all spinner goodness. God, the spinner is so much fun and a horribly underutilized item.
2: <laughs> Dude, the spinner is amazing and they need to bring it back in Breath of the Wild too. They need to.
0: Seriously, the spinner is so cool. I love just going around. I mean it's it's like uh it's like Tony Hawk's pro skater if if Link was a guest character. Which let's face it, that I mean, would be
1: really cool though.
0: It Would be like right, like a Nintendo, the Nintendo exclusive version could have had Link. That that w- that, w- that would have been cool, exclusive to the Nintendo version, because you know Nintendo wouldn't have done it otherwise. Look what happened with Soul Calibur. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight Princess has so many items, and it has a lot of really cool items. They're just a lot of them are underutilized, and I think that's my only complaint. Because the spinner, the ball and chain are really cool. Also, the double claw shots. The claw shot already was more useful than the hook shot was because instead of just being able to, you know, bring yourself to certain surfaces, the claw shot act, hooks on to vines and it hooks on to metal grating. Um, and also, it allows you to hang down and, and, and lower Link down on the chain, something that uh, Skyward Sword didn't do when it brought the claw shots back. But the best part about the claw shots is that late in the game, you get a second one. And so Link can just zip through the air and, and you can fight. Uh, uh, I love uh, City in the Sky. Argarok is one of the cooler bosses fights in this game because you end up utilizing the double claw shots to get around him and then to get onto his back and (laughs) it's so cool
2: (laughs) i think the claw shots are one of my favorite items in zelda history i like i like being able to like fly around everywhere and just like in twilight princess you can hang from stuff and adjust your height and stuff and i'm sad that you can't do that in skyward sword but i love the claw shots so much and city in the sky while it's not my favorite dungeon at all um it's still a lot of fun utilizing them, and I do like the placements of the heart pieces and the, uh, the Poe souls, and, and it's just, it's really entertaining to just fly around there. What did you guys think of, what is it, the Cave of Ordeals?
0: The Cave of Ordeals is fun. It, it's hard, though. Yeah.
2: You it's know, the, very the last hard.
0: level is, what, three, three Dark Nuts at the same time? <laughs> yep.
2: Uh, sp- and on Hero Mode in Twilight Princess HD, that junk is tough. It's tough.
0: I mean this game gets
1: played off by a lot of Zelda players is one of the more easy ones, but I feel like this game has its own difficulties.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean there are there are a lot of uh difficulties. I remember playing this game for the first time and it, it took me a while. Um what is it uh the, the another dungeon that was pretty great for me anyways was the Temple of Time. And that dungeon is actually one of the harder ones in the game. Yeah, I, there's a lot of hazards and, and, and damage things going around. The boss is pretty easy, but Armogama is is kind of a joke. But the the dungeon item, the Dominion Rod, is so much fun to use.
2: <laughs> the Dominion Rod's fun to use, but it's kind of underused. It's a lot like the spinner, it's just not
0: as fun.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's very underused, for sure.
0: It does get its own side quest, though. which Well, not side quest, it's actually part of the main quest. This game doesn't really have any big side quests, does it? There's no trading sequence or anything like that. I think it's mainly just collectibles.
1: I mean, besides, um, what is it hurting the goats for that dude?
0: Uh, yeah, that's 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 a mini game. Uh, the postals yeah. are one of the collectibles. The postals are fun. I actually enjoyed those. And some of them only appear. They only appear at night or inside of dungeons or other areas. So, th- the one thing I wish the Twilight Princess had, because a lot of Zelda games do have this, is a time skip mechanic, so that you could at least go to night whenever you need to, or go today whenever you want to. I, I it, 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 it's sorely missing like a sun song type feature <laughs> or day of passing because if you're going to have elements of the game that can only be accomplished during certain times like at least provide us th- that mechanic, but you do get the charm that calls opponent to you at any time. Although that's really not any different from opponent's yeah. song. Never mind, that's not new. <laughs> well, I mean, you
1: can get the what is it? The the grass.
0: Yeah, I mean, early on in the game you have to when wait you until y- you get to horse grass. But late late in the game you yeah. get Ilya's charm. Uh, one thing that uh, Scott. Uh, that uh, Twilight Princess HD did that I really enjoy is that you can actually when you when you pause the game and go to the item menu, you don't have to actually equip Ilya's charm to use it. You can just play it in the item screen. Cause I mean why I mean yeah. That that makes a lot more sense than having to equip it, use it and then de equip it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's fair.
0: Especially in the GameCube version when you only have two item slots. But, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Bomb arrows, anyone? Bomb arrows are
2: <laughs> amazing. I love just I just love shooting them ridiculously like a maniac.
0: For the first time since Link's Awakening, I think, which it actually was a hidden game mechanic. If you sh- if you happened to shoot bombs and arrows at the same time, you would make bomb arrows. In this game, it is actually an official mechanic, and it made its way back to Breath of the Wild, which was good. But I, I do love the bomb arrows, because uh, we don't get the-, the traditional fire, ice, or light arrows. Instead, we get we get the bomb arrows.
2: Yeah, I was kind of bummed about that. I thought that they could have made really, really good use for that. But, you know... I'm not really going to be looking to change anything because I think it's a phenomenal title regardless. And I'm sure we're going to dig into a lot of stuff about the lore and story behind this game in part two, which makes me very excited for that recording session.
0: Yeah, we're kind of focusing more on gameplay this time. We'll talk about the story because we've got to talk about Midna. My favorite. She's one of the best characters in the series. <laughs> Link's
2: secret love. He's like, no,
0: baby, don't go. Oh, she is the love interest in this game. Zelda and Link have like no chemistry. Oh, at but all, Midna, dude. Midna. That's like Midna, Link's boss and, boss. and I
1: love that because it's not traditional. Like you have like another
0: interest. You know, I mean, you also have Ilya too, and it's common in Zelda games yeah. for Link to have multiple interests. So yeah, you know, this you've is got playboy. So you've got Midna and Ilya, and Ilya's sweet. You know, she's kind of your childhood sweetheart. But yeah, Zelda... say she's
1: the next door neighbor
0: girl. Princess Zelda barely shows up in the game. <laughs>
2: I'm okay with that. Honestly, it's kind of crazy though. Cause we're going to go from that sort of thing to, you know, potentially Zelda being a playable character at some point. Cause in breath of the wild too, she wasn't there that much, but she did speak to you for a lot of Or breath of the wild. Sorry. She wasn't there that much. She just spoke to you a lot. She's like, link, link but in age of calamity you get a ton of time with her and she is a playable character and so that means to me at least that nintendo is kind of moving towards utilizing her more because you know she's going to be a heavy hitter in breath of the wild 2 we don't know what's going to happen
1: yeah i mean look at the way that skyward sword kind of changed her character
0: there's definitely potential for something like that skyward sword zelda is the best zelda though we're those two
2: were so in love and it's stupid
0: (laughs) it's cute they really deserve each other in that game but, yeah, the, the the characters are really interesting. We'll have a political to talk about that as well as the story because this game does get a little bit darker than previous Zelda games did. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy the entire aesthetic of it. Again, like I said, the, the Twilight Realm is really pretty. I love being able to go through those segments. Uh, you're in the beginning of the game, you're kind of forced into the wolfling segments and you can't go back and forth. But once you obtain the ability to switch between those forms at will, it makes... Uh, It 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 makes traversal just in in gameplay just that much more effective. Absolutely, and and being able to utilize special abilities as Wolf Link, you don't have access to your items, but you can warp all over the map and you can utilize Midna's abilities, Uh, so sometimes switching to Wolf Link was worthwhile. But in the parts of the game where you're kind of forced to be Wolf Link for a while, it's a bit of a challenge, because Wolf Link doesn't have nearly as many things that he can do at his disposal, so it kind of forces the player to sort of get back to basics, and it sort of paces out the game, so to speak. I know a lot of people complain about the early Wolf Link segments, but I, like you, Zach, I enjoyed them. I loved that sometimes your first the first time you see an area, you see it blanketed in Twilight.
2: Oh, dude, it creates a spectacle. It's beautiful. I love it a lot. It, it
0: it kind of lengthens the
2: game.
1: Yeah, I like that it's not like a traditional game where it's like, yeah. Like, this was something that, you know, for 06 was not seen before, like being able to meld between um, be- between two forms, especially because, like, engines weren't as advanced then as they are now. Um, And, you know, you don't get to see a lot of that kind of stuff. Even now, you know, like shifting from two different forms much interesting stuff in that and there's there's not a lot of that out there anymore still which is which is just it, it's disappointing but you know
2: it is but we have a lot of zelda life left and uh hopefully we'll get to see some really beautiful stuff but i'm really excited to dive into the story of this game with you guys
0: yes yeah me too so stay tuned for that we'll get that out by christmas um also in january we are going to be talking about mario and luigi superstar saga oh which was Zach's choice, and I'm I'm really excited about that because dude, um, I love I've,
2: that game.
0: Mario Luigi games are among my favorite games, um, you know, game series. The Mario Luigi RPG series is is a lot of fun. <laughs> and then in February, Horizon Zero Dawn, followed by a game launch Woo-hoo! review on Horizon Forbidden West. We're gonna do that as a two-parter.
1: Yes.
2: And we'll do you as a two-parter.
1: I'm literally gonna like cry my eyes out. No,
2: don't <laughs> cry. Blue skies. Blue skies. But Not guys, cry. if you
0: enjoyed this episode, please leave us some feedback. A five-star review on Apple Podcasts goes a long way. You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are on all the socials. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, Collateral Media Podcasts, and uh, that way you can kind of interact with the community, share memes and whatnot. We want to see it. All of your movie and video game or even TV or anime related uh, news and memes can uh, interact with the community. You can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, whatever you're listening right now. And if we're not somewhere, talk to us because we want to be there. Absolutely. Uh, Bo- Bo, you want to come in and talk about Collateral Cinema since you're here? Yeah, sure thing. On Collateral Cinema, we are currently going through our bad movie December. We just released uh, Bolero with the Shocked and Applaud podcast. And we are currently about to record our review of Double Down by Neil Breen. So be sure to check that out. Also, uh, check out our Christmas episode with uh, Victims and Villains coming up. We did Last Dounce of Courage on that one. And also keep an eye out for our Collateral Cinema Director's Cut Christmas special where we are taking a look at the holiday episodes of The Cinema Snob and we'll be reviewing his movie Jesus Bro. So be sure to check that out. And also leave us a five-star review on, on Apple Podcasts and on Podchaser and also on Good Pods. Check us out on Good Pods and follow us there and help us get on the charts there. So uh, back to you, Ash. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, Patreon. Make sure you check out our Patreon where we have exclusive full-length video game commentaries. And if we get some more patrons, then we'll definitely work more on that. And I believe Megan is actually yeah. doing, uh, going to be doing the Mass Effect trilogy, right?
1: yes yeah i'm gonna start filming for that or i i have i have done a couple but i'm still like in getch about it i'm I'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to do with it because i'm it's it's new to me um but yeah we're we're working on it for sure
0: yeah
2: sweet all right guys thank you twilight princess is awesome and i'm super happy
1: yeah i know i'm glad we finally got to talk about it i've only been talking ash about it since we started this uh this adventure together (laughs) yeah
0: I mean, ever since you mentioned that, I knew you know we were gonna do Twilight Princess. I just I wanted to do Majora because it's my favorite, but now uh, I'm really t- excited to talk about this one too because it- it's it's one of my favorites, and I'm excited to talk about it more in part two.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. That you guys, we are. Uh, I think we're we're done here for this episode. Make sure to check us out in part two. Um, if, uh, if you don't get to hear this, uh, before the holiday, uh, Merry Christmas, and we hope you, uh, have a great holiday, whatever one you celebrate, um, definitely reach out to us. And, uh, guys, we will, uh, we'll see you in the next episode, my people.
0: Absolutely. All right. I've been Ashley Chancellor.
2: I'm Zachary Gio.
0: And I'm Megan Gomez. We are Collateral Gaming, and we will see you in part two. Happy holidays, everyone.
2: Happy holidays.